0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of the Art Anglais podcast, the podcast where we talk about art, culture and society to help you learn English naturally. You'll hear me talk about interesting topics, English expressions and English grammar in a different way so you can learn English in context. everyone and welcome back to episode 17 of the Artie Anglais podcast. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, my name is Tara and I'm an Australian who is living in Montpellier, which is in the south of France. So what I do here is I teach English and art together to kids and teenagers, but I also teach English, or just English on its own, to adults. And I also make this podcast to provide a listening resource for people who are learning English, who might also be interested in art and culture and creativity, or just anyone who might be interested in listening to the topics that I'm interested in and what I have to say. Um, I really enjoy making this podcast because I spend a lot of time researching the topics that I'm interested in and While I'm researching, I learn a lot of things too. So for me, it's a win-win situation, really. I win and you get to win also. Uh, Each episode I do, you'll be able to find the transcript on our website, which is artianglais.com slash podcast. And then you'll need to sign up as a free member of the site. It's free to be a member, but you just need to sign up so you can access the transcripts. It's been a little while since you've heard from me on the Arte Anglais podcast. I've been a a little bit busy. I've been working on lots of things behind the scenes for Arte Anglais. I've been uh, organizing things for my students and I've been doing uh, a short course in editorial illustration. And last week I did my first street art paste up, which was fun. I was able to do it with uh, one of my students. So if you live in Montpellier... It's in the the Cartier Mediterrani in Montpellier, so see if you can find it. So the last few weeks, I think I bit off more than I could chew, which means I didn't have a lot of time to be able to do the podcast. So when you say, I bit off more than I could chew, it means a lot of things were going on and maybe you were struggling to get everything done. So that was me running around like a crazy person, trying to do too many things at once, and I, I bit off more than I could chew. And I started writing this episode for today quite a while ago, so I'm happy to be finally sharing it with you. Um, the reason this episode came about was that well, last year I started watching a series on Arty in French called Creator, and In episode four of the series, they discussed the visibility of women in art, and it got me thinking a lot about how I feel about this. And if you're interested, the the link to the episode in French is in the transcript notes. Uh, I wasn't surprised to hear some of the statistics about how represented women are in art. So I really wanted to share this with you today, but I also wanted to try and Put it in a positive light. So the idiom to put something in a positive light means to show it in a positive or a favorable way. So for example the issue of gender inequality is something that might make you feel disheartened or upset. However I wanted to try and tell the story in a positive way. So I wanted to put the story in a positive light. The more I thought about it, the more I realised that when you ask anyone to name three artists, almost always people respond with men. For example, Vincent Van Gogh or Henry Matisse or Leonardo da Vinci. Not always do they mention men, but very often. Well, sometimes they will say more men than women. Occasionally artists like Frida Kahlo or Bridget Riley are mentioned, but but females are mentioned much less. And I wanted to know why that is. It's not because there aren't any great female artists. I guess it's because they haven't been as celebrated or spoken about as much as their their male equivalents. So my way of putting the situation in a positive light is to celebrate female artists and share some with you. So in today's episode, I want to talk a little about this and also about female artists making an impact in their speciality. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about an organisation who is promoting females in art called AWARE, a little about the reality for females in the art world, so I'm going to share some of the statistics, some things that have been happening recently, so things that happened last year to increase female artist exposure. I'm going to share with you my list of six female artists uh, that I think are great and that I feel need to be need to be found by other people. Uh, female artists in history and why they were underrepresented. I'm going to talk a little bit about that too. And as I've been doing at, at the start of the last few episodes, I'm going to start with an artist statement from a street artist in Montpellier called Noon. And you can see a link to her Facebook page on the transcript notes and the show description. Uh, there's also a link to her Instagram page as well. So Noon is an artist who creates uh, geometric and colorful graphics and shapes on different media. So she uses paper, concrete and wood. And very often she creates works for paste ups on the walls in Montpellier. And one of her beautiful pieces was actually commissioned by my hairdresser in Montpellier. So every time I go to the hairdressers, I get to see her beautiful piece of artwork while I'm getting my hair done, which is a bonus. Uh, She also has, she's painted one of the pillars under a bridge near my house. So I get to enjoy running past it during my daily jogging routine. And I've also been using some of her colouring sheets with my students that she created in collaboration with Posca. So she was able to create a coloring sheet with uh, lots of patterns that that she normally draws with Posca. And Noon says this about her work. So I'm going to read out her artist statement in her words. Once a student of the Beaux-Arts of Montpellier, I live and work between the Languedoc region and Oleron Island. I'm both a designer And illustrator and I create vibrant geometric painting experiments with different media, paper, walls and wood, from which I craft small pieces, collages and murals. Nonetheless, drawing remains the cornerstone of my expression. It is an existential necessity, an imperative that allows me to convey the perspective from my studio to the streets. My compositions develop a wealth of details channeling the decorative arts, tribal influences, and my spiritual connection with all things mineral, aquatic, and botanical. In parallel, I work alongside institutions and brands such as Sea Shepherd, Learn and Skate, NTR, Keeper Breast, Metaplastic, Kachuca, Posca, and many others. So in the show description, and the transcript notes, you'll be able to see a picture of one of her paste-ups in Montpellier. And you'll see that she uses very vibrant, contrasting colors. So vibrant turquoise and blue and the dark, the dark blues and blacks as well. So she's, and you can definitely see her tribal influences in a lot of her work. So have a look at the picture in the transcript notes. Thank you Noon for sharing your work with us. It certainly is something really beautiful and something I really enjoy to see in the streets of Montpellier and to discover in the streets of Montpellier. Certainly I enjoy discovering your new pieces when I see them come up in the streets. Okay, so let's start today by talking a little bit about the statistics when it comes to women in art. So. Did you know that, on average, 30% of artists represented by commercial galleries in the US are women? And in Australia, it's about 40%. In China, it's 25%. In Hong Kong, it's 22%. And in Germany, it's less than 20%. In 2017, just 22% of solo shows presented by London's major non-commercial galleries start female artist and i think for me i think that really paints a picture so to paint a picture of something it means to give you an impression of the reality of the situation so these statistics for me help to paint a picture of the situation gender inequality exists in the art world and in the world in general but but obviously today we're focusing on art And the truth is, in in my opinion, that women have never been treated equally in the art world. And today, they remain dramatically underrepresented and undervalued in museums, galleries, and in auction houses. So I found a few quotes from different um, art websites. So the website Artsy says that women working across arts professions make almost $20,000 less per year than men and more than $196.6 billion has been spent on art at auction between 2008 and the first half of 2019. But of this amount, only $4 billion was made by women. So that's around 2%. It's minimal. And in my opinion, it's just not enough. Do you remember the Banksy stunt in 2018? So one of his artworks slipped through the, its frame and it shredded itself just after it had been purchased at auction for £860,000. So this came to £1.04 million with fees. Well, not long before this, Jenny Saville's artwork entitled Propped, Sold for 8.25 million or 9.5 million with fees, which is almost 9 million on top of what Banksy sold his for. And this was also sold for double its high estimate to become the most expensive work by a living FEMA artist at auction. However, because of what happened with Banksy's artwork, hardly anyone spoke about it. And for me, that's just incredible. The fact that this is still happening in 2019, 2020 is incredible. So in the top 20 most popular exhibitions around the world in 2018, only one was headlined by a female artist, and it was Joanna Vasconcelos with her exhibition, I'm Your Mirror, at the Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao. And she's a Portuguese artist that I'm going to share with you a little bit later on. But the most interesting statistic I took from the Arty documentary was that as of 2019, Jane Campion is the only female director to have ever won a Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival, which is, again, unbelievable. So on the arty documentary, they also spoke about the fact that females are more numerous in art and music schools in France and Germany, but they're less represented in galleries than men once they finally finish school, once they finally finish art school. And in Australia last year, the ABC wrote an article which was entitled Gender Representation in Australian Contemporary Art Sector Reaches Parity but major galleries still lagging. So parity means to reach equality. And the report called the Countess Report revealed that women have reached equity across most of the sectors for the first time in history in Australia. However, the article talked about how um, they're still underrepresented in commercial galleries. So the first major major institution in Australia to commit to change is the National Gallery of Australia, or the NGA. And what they did was they conducted a gender count um, across the, their collection. And they realised that artwork by women made up only a quarter of the Australian collection. So I guess... For me, that is a positive move in the right direction that they've realized and now they're moving to change it, which is a good thing. But I don't really want to get too hung up on the negatives because we know that inequality exists. And so rather than be hung up on the negatives, let's talk a little about what some of the positives are with female representation in art. What's happening that's positive in this? inequality. So one organisation that is doing something about it is Aware, which stands for Archives of Women Artists, Research and Exhibitions. And it through its work they've been able to demonstrate that female artists are underrepresented and if not completely absent in art books, in exhibitions and in museum collections. And so what they are doing is they are shedding light on inequality and doing something about it. So when you shed light on something, you are helping to explain the situation. So AWARE is shedding light on the inequality that exists between male and female artists. So AWARE is a non-profit organization and it was co-founded in 2014 by Camille Moineau. And she's an art historian and specialist in the history of women artists. So AWARE's goal is the creation and indexation or distribution of information on women artists from the 20th century. So in partnership with universities and museums, um, AWARE organises things like roundtable discussions, uh, symposiums, and study days in France and abroad to discuss some of the issues and some of these artists. Uh, They also have prizes for uh, an emerging artist and they have a confirmed artist each year. So you can find out more information about what they do on their website and you can also see videos of Camille speaking. And I've been watching a few of her videos when she speaks on YouTube and Vimeo in both French and English, and I find her to be extremely passionate about what she does. So if it's something that you're passionate about, I really recommend watching what she has to say. So I've shared a video I found where she talks about a personal anecdote while she was at the Tate Modern and she realized some things. So it's a very interesting video if you're you're passionate about this subject. What else happened last year that made me start thinking more about inequality in art? Well, at the beginning of last year, I read an article in Graffiti Art magazine about the women who create urban art. And the the article was entitled, Where are the women? And in the second paragraph, I nervously laughed at this fact. 5% of artists in the modern section of the Metropolitan Museum in New York are women, but 85% of the artworks represent female nudes. So in general, females are more often the subject rather than the creators themselves. So one of the artists in the article, Coralie, who is a female street artist, explains that it's almost a perk or something good to be a woman in street art because you stand out. And this article introduced me to more female street artists that I knew I should start following. I should start supporting more female artists in street art, particularly because street art is something I'm interested in and I follow. So now I instantly recognize their work and I follow a lot about what they're doing regularly in magazines, websites, and Instagram, of course. And in the article in Graffiti Magazine, I liked the positive way that women in art were represented. So rather than focusing on inequality, they shared with us the the women who are producing work. And this is what I think, for me, is more important. To acknowledge that, well, a gender gap might exist however we should be praising and supporting the female artists that we know we should be putting a positive spin on a negative situation so the idiom putting a positive spin on something means to report or relay information to someone else in a way that makes their interpretation or understanding of it more palatable or acceptable or favorable also what happened last year was the National Museum for Women in the Arts did exactly that. They put a really positive spin on the gender gap. So last year the National Museum for Women in the Arts in Washington DC made headlines when it kicked off its hashtag five women artists social media campaign. And what they did was they asked people to name five female artists in order to inspire, support and, dis- and discuss exhibitions for more than uh, a thousand galleries, museums and cultural, cultural institutions. And that included places like the Tate Modern in London and Florence's Uffizi Gallery, which both, in response to this hashtag, they launched shows last year. So if you follow the hashtag hashtag 5 Artists on Instagram or Facebook you'll be able to see the thousands of people that shared their 5 women artists who they thought were great. So in that same spirit of positivity and sharing, I've decided to share 5 female artists with you. Well actually I've made my list 6 because it was very hard to narrow down the list. So my first artist her name is Swoon and she is a mixed media artist who she specializes in life-size paste-up prints uh, using brown craft paper and paper cutouts of human figures. I recently saw some of her work at the Fluctuart Gallery in Paris, which is um, a, a boat uh, floating on the Seine. And a few years ago, I saw some of her work in New York. So she exhibits all around the world and often her subjects have a very touching and interesting backstory. So you learn a lot about her characters and the people that she paints. So her artwork has a very deep connection with people so I think that's why I'm so interested in her work. My second artist is Lila Jeffries and she is an Australian photographic and video artist who is inspired by nature and well, most notably by birds. So she began documenting birds by a way of photographic portraiture in 2008. And my absolute favourite exhibition was in 2012 of her wild cockatoos, her wild cockatoo birds. And I often use her images for inspiration for my own paintings of Australian birds. So check her out. She's she takes some absolutely fantastic photos, very detailed photos of birds. My third artist is Joana Vasconcelos, and she's a Portuguese artist known for her large-scale installations and sculptures. So my favourite one of hers is one that she completed in 2019, I believe, at Jupiter Island in Edinburgh in Scotland. And it's a colourfully decorated swimming pool, decorated with tiles. So you can see some of the pictures if you type that into Google. And as I mentioned, she exhibited I'm Your Mirror at the Guggenheim Bilbao in 2018, which featured a giant mask made from mirrors that you could walk up to and, and interact with. My fourth artist is Louise Bourgeois and she was a French-American artist who was well known for her large-scale sculpture art. And I was lucky enough to see the sculpture called Maman, which means mother in French, and it's a sculpture of a large spider and it's just outside the Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao in Spain. And you can stand underneath it, you can take photos from underneath it or all around it. It's quite a large, large large-scale sculpture. Very interesting. My fifth artist is Abby Lossing. And she's more, I would say, more of an illustrator, I guess. And she's based in Brooklyn in New York. And she creates quirky and simple illustrations of people and scenes. And things like people in the middle of a protest with Signs, so she has lots of diversity in her images, and she uses really bright and dynamic color palettes. So I just love her work. I love um, spending a lot of time looking at the work that she produces. My sixth and final artist is Lucy Sparrow, and she is an interesting artist that I came across recently um, in a magazine, I think. She's a contemporary artist who originates from Bath in England and she kind of works at this intersection of contemporary art and craft because she creates thousands of uh, supermarket products and she crochets them and she knits them. And then what she does is she displays them as they would be displayed in a supermarket. So they're absolutely giant exhibitions that you can walk through and see all these crocheted and knitted products. And it's really interesting stuff. Okay, now that I've told you my list, I would really love it if you could make your own list and share it with me. So you can come and tag me on Instagram. Share your six female artists with me. What else happened last year that made me become more interested in women in art? Well, I was happy to read an article in August about a gallery in Melbourne which is called the Finkelstein Gallery and it's Australia's only art space dedicated to contemporary women and female identifying artists which opened in an industrial basement in Peran, in Melbourne with eight local and two international artists. So I didn't get the opportunity to see it when I was in Melbourne, but hopefully next time I'll I'll be able to visit it and, and see some of the great female artists that are exhibiting there. Also in November, 2019, the Baltimore Museum of Art's new director announced that in 2020, the museum would show only art by women, so all of these acts seem to show that society is starting to change. And women want to be valued for who they are as artists, rather than trying to be equal to men. We want, we want to be artists, not women artists. So the Fadian editors also released a book last year called Great Women Artists with the word woman crossed out, which I think is very clever because, as I said, women artists are just artists. So according to the New Yorker, real change is upon us. And finally, great female artists are being recognised for the work they have done. And I really hope this is true. And I hope this continues to evolve in the years to come. I hope it continues to evolve this year. And something else that happened, something else interesting that happened at the end of last year. I learned of this podcast and I helped to support it. And it's a project based here in France that will be released at some point this year. And it's called Essi Banksiette une femme, ça change quoi, meaning If Banksy was a woman, what would that change? And this will explore the very subject of what I'm exploring now. Visibility of females in art and more notably in street art. So I'm looking forward to listening to that podcast soon and I'll let you know when it's released. So I think it's important too when we're talking about all of this when we're talking about positivity is to know a little bit about where we've come from to know how far we've come because for centuries women were excluded from the records of art history and this was due to a number of factors so in my research I found these factors to be the one of the most well the most important factors So art forms like textiles or the decorative arts were often labelled as craft and not fine art. So many women who were taking part and working hard in these art forms were not recognised for the work that they did as artists. Many women were also kept from pursuing a general education. So this really had an impact on the amount of women that were practising as artists. And then finally, I think the third and most important factor was that the men who dominated the art world often believed women to be inferior artists. So Hans Hoffman once said in a compliment to the abstract expressionist painter Lee Krasner, this is so good you wouldn't know that it was done by a woman. So I guess that gives you an indication as to why women were so undervalued in the art world. But then social shifts began to emerge at the beginning of the century. And then this developed further after World War One with the expanding global unrest. So this meant that more women had no choice but to enter the workforce. And so they were then exposed to social, professional, uh, and political jobs that were previously only for men. And then, so during this time in history, we saw artists like Helen Saunders and Jessica Dismore really pushing to be the only women to make a mark on the Vortices painting movement. So, just quickly, the Vortices painting movement was a very short lived movement inspired by cubism, characterized by angled simplification and lines. And I can see how the vorticist movement would be very fashionable even in today's society, particularly with street art and, and graffiti. Um, the French painter Francoise Guillot uh, created a visual style and identity entirely her own, despite being known mainly as Pablo Picasso's lover and working in close proximity to major artists like Henry Matisse in the 1940s. And then in the 1960s, there was also a surge of women teaching and studying in art schools in the United States and in Europe. So these art schools became sites, as I can imagine, of feminist activity and this was to encourage the representation of women in museums and galleries. Uh, This movement this movement of women in the arts fostered I guess a more diverse artistic practice because they wanted to redefine what was possible in the studio and I think this really paved the way for many women artists practicing today. So out of this era, we saw influential artists like Elma Thomas, who was an African-American expressionist painter and an art educator best known for her very colorful abstract paintings. And she was recently admired by Michelle Obama when the first lady chose two of her paintings to be exhibited in the White House when, when they lived in the White House. And I really wonder if you would have that same attention to detail in the White House today. These are questions that artists and historians continue to tackle even today. So groups like the Guerrilla Girls, a collective of women artists and art professionals, and they work really hard to fight discrimination and raise awareness of the issues that women face in the art world and in the world in general and they do this by staging interventions and protests wearing gorilla masks to take the focus away from their identities and what they do during these protests is they reframe the question why haven't there been more great women artists in western history And they ask instead, why haven't more women been considered great artists throughout Western history? And as artists and Professor Joan Semmel puts it, if there are no great celebrated women artists, that's because the powers that be have not been celebrating them, but not because they are not there. And so in the spirit of this, in the spirit of sharing and becoming more aware, I read an article from on the website Refinery entitled 15 of our favorite contemporary artists get real about making it in the art world. So it's worth a read if you want to support the future of some female art and female presence in the art world. And finally, I want to talk a little bit about what the Tate Modern is doing, because arguably the Tate Modern is one of the biggest museums in, in Europe when it comes to modern art. So at the Tate, women artists and the curators face a very unique challenge from the subjects that they bring to light to the work they choose to present. And as the Tate Modern Director Frances Morris has said, women have been discriminated against for centuries and major institutions have typically failed to support the careers of women artists who are working in the margins. So when you're working in the margins or working at the margins, it means your work is not considered typical. So it might be difficult to get a break or to be recognized by a gallery. And the Tate says that the number of women in the Tate collection is growing. For example, half the rooms in the the Natal Bell building are currently devoted to a sole female artist. But... The Tate acknowledges that work remains to be done to reach equality with men. For example, 78% of the galleries represent more men than women, and only 5% represent an equal number of male and female artists. So there is clearly work to be done in terms of reaching equality. So the next step for the Tate will be to bring more and more diverse voices into the gallery Uh, by seeking out women who are doing innovative work and those who who also were neglected by history. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the Tate over the next few years. And I guess that means also working with organisations like AWARE that I spoke about earlier. So in the spirit of this episode, I ask you to find and discover five female artists doing work that you think is great, And to share it with somebody or share it with me on Instagram. You can tag me on Instagram at Artie Anglais. And I hope in the process you discover some talented artists who deserve to have their work known and shared. So I'll see you next time for another episode. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and family. And I'd also love it if you could put a review on iTunes. If you have any questions or want to make some suggestions for a podcast episode, you can also get in touch with me on the website, artionglais.com. And I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon. I'll catch you soon. Bye.